Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. And my name's Aaron Battle. So today we're talking about water. We're talking about what happens if a city runs out of water or has a shortage of water for a few days. How long will it take for a zombie apocalypse to happen? And fluoride in the water, is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? And can you get brain-eating amoebas from what, using water? What the frack is that all about? <laughs> we also touch on fracking. We talk about what happens when you have no water to your house. What I experienced, can't flush your toilet, can't do your dishes, can't wash your clothes. Uh, and that's not to mention if you don't get thirsty. So start keeping a bucket of water. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Aaron Battle. My name's Kurt Robinson. So what a what an interesting weekend. Yeah. Tell tell us what happened. Well, okay. It's um it's Guadalajara, it's Easter long weekend. Is that right? Easter yeah, Easter Easter weekend. Yeah. It's a it's a long weekend. Yeah. Um here in here in Mexico it's like public holidays from Thursday, Friday, uh and Saturday, Sunday. So it's um you can feel the city's going quiet. Like mm. everyone's going to the beach. Uh, Puerto Vallarta is only what, two, three hours drive from here. Mm. So I feel like a lot of people took advantage of the four days off. And of course, you know, they've, they've got their own promotions and that at the hotels, uh, at the beaches nearby and everyone's taken off. So what I've experienced is kind of like a ghost town where, where I live. And uh, there's also construction going on with a new subway they're putting in. So, the local authorities decided it'd be a good idea to take advantage of everyone being out of town and cutting off the, the water supply so they could do um, amendments to pipes that may, may be uh, interfering with where the new railway or the subway line's going to go. Unfortunately, I didn't know about it. <laughs> so, I experienced two days without water. <laughs> Great. We're here in Mexico and we did an episode a little while back on, on bugging out and uh, how interesting that would be, you know, if everything does fall over, how prepared are you? And uh, I, I can tell you firsthand, I'm not ready. Mm. <laughs> I, I wasn't ready at all. Um, it's, it was very interesting. I was telling Kurt that my house went from being civilized to, to being um, somewhat of a uh, of what you'd see in a zombie movie after, you know, two years of, <laughs> of being neglected. The, uh, the sink piled up with dishes very quickly. Um, there, was no, there was no clean, there was no washing happening. So, you know, my, my pile of clothes piled up. Um, just the, the toilets were banking up. I mean, there's no water in the house for two whole days. So at first you don't even notice until the pump that's supposed to kick in, you know, on a routinely basis to funnel water from the, the supply of the, the residents that I'm at to the tank on top of the roof that gives the pressure for the taps and everything and the taps start shaking, there's nothing coming out, mm. then um, you know, things, things start going into panic. Like, you know, what happened? Where's, where's my water? Which seems like something you'd prepare for. <laughs> I would have thought. Does it? It's not, it's not really quite 
something that most people anticipate. Well, no, no, you don't. You don't anticipate no water, but mm-hmm. you don't realize how important it is having a constant supply of water mm-hmm. until you go two days without water. And it yeah. might only be in a day and a half, like you know, the night and the day. But um, my, myself and Joanna decided, you know, this is too much. I can't handle this. So we went to Chapala for a, for a day just to escape it. <laughs> But uh, it made me realize that, you know, maybe having a, a supply of, of water for emergencies, like, you know, that I, that I said, oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool, you know, complete bug out plan, 100 liters of water minimum, right? Three mm. miles worth of food. I've got none of that. <laughs> like just your basic essentials that you think, you know, you'd have. I, uh, I'm slipping up. I'm not, I'm not focusing on, on my plan. Which, uh, which is a little bit disappointing, but I'm, I'm good that I got a little scared because now I'm back on track. <laughs> now, now I need to get my garafonas and awa, have everything sorted because, uh, I mean, even just to have a supply of, of uh, maybe not fresh water, but usable water, you know, to, to, bucket, yeah. <laughs> to bucket water to your toilet because, you know, having a, having a smaller house, it doesn't take very long. For the, uh, for the toilet smell to just completely take over the whole house. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty disgusting. Yeah, but, it's, I mean, it's it's not what you expect. It's just you <laughs> press the flush button and it takes care of everything. But when that goes, I mean, you know, all it takes is like two toilet sessions. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like you can't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just what it was like when we're out in Pueblo, in, in Pachuquillo, where the well, you have um, at least they did have water, like I think it was rainwater that you would pour down the toilet. But the toilet was uh, like it was half a toilet. It was all broken and stuff. <laughs> but um, but you expected that, like it wasn't a surprise. I told you well, there was no you, toilet there. Uh, I, I didn't think you did warn me about that. Mm. Well, I, I did tell you we were going to. Well, maybe you did to, tell me there was no toilet. You didn't tell me there was no real place to have a shower. <laughs> oh yeah. No, well we went to the river. Yeah. We'd go for a swim. Yeah, well, like, you didn't tell me to bring swimmers either. So. Yeah, I said, don't worry. Well, it's, it's Pachakia. Like, you really can't plan for that, for that kind of place. <laughs> you could have. You've been, there. You've been there like 10 times before. You could have told me. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Oh. The, the point, I mean, I wanted to open this episode with like everyone that, that thinks they're, they're bugging out a little bit or at least aware of it or preparation. Like, mm. you, you're not... I don't think we're all really ready just yet because I thought I was reasonably ready. I mean, being in Mexico, you don't need to be like 100% ready because, you know, you're already semi-bugged out. Mm. But Yeah, because we know we're, we're always reasonably close to some sort of supply line, like the, the farms aren't too far away, you know, and that's indicated by the prices. Like once I remember... I was at Mercado Corona and the guy was like, hey, you want four pesos worth of uh, worth of serrano, like the chili? And, and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And he gives, he gives me like a quarter kilo of, of serrano. Like, what am I going to do with that? But the, <laughs> yeah, the point is it's a, re- reflected in the prices. It would cost the 30 cents to... Yeah, logistics um, of, of product is, is quite is quite close. So there's no, there's no uh, adding of price. Hmm. to that, that whole system but yeah. so, so even if the price goes up 10 times 
it won't be a problem, really. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, your four pesos of whatever you just got would have been mm. enough to get you through the week. <laughs> How much do you need? Well, I didn't need that much. I need, I probably use about three or four serrano in a week. So, <laughs> so uh, he gave, you know, he must have gave, given me like 20 or 30. <laughs> have you experienced being caught without anything here in Mexico? Without chili. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Apart from when we were in Pachuquillo without a bathroom. Yesterday, I went to buy drinking water, and because uh, we ran out, and uh, the purification plant was closed because of the holiday, and the corner store was closed. So I had to pay like two, two or three times the regular price. Um, yeah, which is like two bucks. You, you, you bought you bought rich people water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why that place costs so much more. It's a, I guess it's because it's on the it's on the corner of the plaza over here in the expiatorio. Uh, so um, I guess all the businesses go there to get the water so they can charge more. I don't know how it works. Yeah, but, yeah. you. Uh, I mean, you soon work out where you can buy your, your cheaper. Uh, mm. You know, your, where you, you soon find out where the locals go. To get water or to get your vegetables, or which markets work out cheaper, which days, and everything. Yeah. The only other experience I've had is where I ran out of gas, and um, although you know that wouldn't normally be as a problem, gas for, for cooking and heating water. Yeah, because most houses here have you have your, your separate gas tank. That yep. I mean, there's companies that are dedicated to daily supplying gas tanks. Yeah, Santa Gas always comes around, and Zeta Gas, yeah. Sony Gas. Yep. Uh, they all have their jingles. You can't miss them. <laughs> pretty, uh, you've probably overheard them on previous podcasts, <laughs> blasting through the neighborhoods. But uh, I've been caught without gas, and that was a little bit of a disaster because I couldn't go and sell coffee that day. I just couldn't prepare my coffee, so I had a day um, off. Um, but, I mean, it's not, it's not that it's expensive. It's just that you need, you know, there's only certain office hours that they supply gas. Hmm. And although it's every day, you know, when you want to be out selling your coffee at 8 o'clock in the morning and they don't turn up till to a nine or they they told me they'll be there they'll be there at seven so i was ready to go hmm. my point is you need to test your system because i wasn't ready to go out i wasn't ready not to have water for a couple of days <laughs> i uh, i went to my mother-in-law's house yeah. and she i mean i found out she never had water either but i actually took some of my washing to go um to go wash at her house and she never had it she never had water i mean she's like 40 minutes out of the city and they, they never had water either. I, I, I thought maybe there'd be a separate water supply or something. Um, mm. that, that was interesting. So, so I had to wash my shirt and my jeans by hand. Well, I mean, I didn't, but they got, <laughs> they got, <laughs> they got washed by hand. It was, it was interesting because... By hand, without water. How do you wash something by hand? Oh, no. Water? Okay, no. Okay, this is the interesting thing. There was one tap oh. in, in Sapopan down at the market. So we went down and got a bucket of water uh, okay. um, and I did carry meals, you know, five blocks yep. and a full bucket of water. I mean, that was maybe, maybe 20 liters. It was nearly as big as a garrafon of water. Mm. Um, I should have taken two buckets to, to even myself out, but <laughs> I only had one bucket and, you know, we, we bucketed water back to the house and I thought, man, this is how, is this how Africa does it? Yeah, except they have to walk five miles instead of five blocks. It was still, it felt like five miles. <laughs> it was, it was rough. And like, you know, the water splashing. So I got my shoes wet and it's like, this sucks. <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, I guess it was a cool experience because you really value water. Yeah. But, uh, I forgot, I forgot the value of water 
And, uh, you know, I thought that that's kind of where we wanted to open with because, you know, with the economic situation of the world and, and governments the way they are, services mainly being set up by, by government infrastructure, it's like, can we really rely on these services continuing? Mm. Um, we really, I mean, most of us are pretty complacent and we don't think about it. Um, even in a situation that we're in, you don't think about it. But, you know, all it takes is a, a long weekend and, you know, some local construction mm. and all of a sudden you, you experience it firsthand and you realize, you know what, I've, I had a couple extra buckets of water. Maybe, maybe I should keep some extra water around the house. Mm. You know, it doesn't cost me anything. Yeah. Would have, would have saved me a five block walk with 20, kilo, 20 liters of, of water by my side. It was, it was interesting. That, 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 was, that was my weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it, it gives you kind of this perspective on, like, what's going to happen in, say, you know, a city like Los Angeles if something shuts down or Sydney, you know, what, what if something happens? What if people can't get water? And that is something that's happening right now in, in California. They have a water shortage. Uh, and it's, it's kind of messed up because... Uh, the, I believe the, the way it's structured, of course, it's a public water company. The price of water remains relatively stable, um, but they put some kind of restrictions on so people can't use so much water. But the big companies get the exemptions. So the, the people who are actually using the water, like industry, uh, still using the same amount of water as they were previously. Of course they are. Yeah, because they get this government-granted privilege. And, uh, um, you know, it, it doesn't get better. What a surprise. <laughs> but if they had a simple price mechanism for water, of course, water would, be, um, would start to get exponentially more expensive and that would act as a, as a way, it acts as an incentive for people to find alternatives for using so much water. I, I noticed on my Facebook feed, there was an article that, I, don't, I never clicked on it because it wasn't really that interesting, but the catch line was 15 years mm. and the whole world is gonna experience like water shortage. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. I mean, uh, people have been working on desalin desalinization plants for, for many years now. Um, it's, I, I believe, it's it's still somewhat inefficient, but I'm sure it's possible. I mean, you know, 70% of the world's surface is covered by water. I don't think we have much to worry about. It's just we need to wait for some innovation on that front. So you think maybe they're, they're trying to create some kind of, some kind of uh, fear or threat or uh, some, some kind uh, of well, you know, negative publicity about, about water and trying to create this early urge for where's, I mean... I'm trying to make you store gallons and gallons of water in your basement. Well, I'm going to store <laughs> at least a bucket. Buckets. I'm going to store at least one bucket from now on. <laughs> That's my new plan. But going out of Chapala just uh, yesterday, yeah. I noticed that the water does look pretty low. I mean, I've heard people talk about how there's, there's a town not far from Chapala and they're trying to divert the water. Like they're trying to divert the water around the town so that it can go into the lake rather than mm -hmm. go just down the river into the ocean. Um, right. but, but so some, Lake, Lake Chapala is a source of water for Guanohara, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how much water is there, but I mean, it's, it's a huge lake. Hmm. And yeah, it's big. It's like 
this lake is like five times the size of Guadalajara. Guadalajara is is not a high city, and it's a, a city of about five million people. So yeah, it's a pretty big lake. It's a big lake, <laughs> um, but it's, it's looking low because you can see where the walls were built to hold the water, mm. and there's actually where the where you had the ramp to lower your boats into it. Mm. It's actually a ramp into a new car park that's down on the, the lower side of the water. Oh, okay. That's weird. I took a few photos, so, you know, we can, I'll send you one so you can show these guys. But it was just, it caught me by surprise because um, I overheard that they're trying to divert water into the lake because we're trying to lift the, the water that, that we have. I mean, there's a lot of water there, but still, I mean, we should be looking at, at conserving our water. But there's some mm. political issue. Uh, of the nearby town that doesn't want to lose their water, or they're worried, they're worried about losing all their water to mm. divert into the lake when, um, and when most of their water's been wasted anyway. Mm. So, I don't know, just, just interesting that, um, you know, that we are being fed this information saying that you know, we're going to run out of water when, you know, of course, technology to clean the water or the technology to, to utilize it better is there, but there's always political issues or you know, political points of view. I don't know, what, what do you call that? Invested interests in... Yeah, vested interests, yeah. <laughs> People are using their power to uh, fuck everybody else over, I guess. Is it? <laughs> so, yeah. Or maybe not even deliberately, but it just sets up this, this structure which in inhibits everybody getting what maybe they deserve or what, what they should be able to get. But, uh, I mean, even, even we go back to Pachakia. And our case of where, you know, we had water from the river. And there seems yeah. to be like a lot of water there. I mean, I don't think they've ever had water shortages. Mm. But, um, I mean, you can't drink that water straight out of the river. It like, looks nice and clean, except yeah. for the bugs in it. You know, you might have to filter it. And <laughs> but I, I don't know. Maybe I mean, it, it doesn't everyone, look like it's contaminated. No, everyone just boils the water and uses it uh -huh. as is. Right. But, um, I mean, it just occurred to me, you know, that the day that I ran out of gas, like even if I wanted to boil the water from the tap, mm. you know, assuming that because I know some people do cook with the tap water here mm. like it's it is from the lake like it's it's straight water so I mean you, know, you, you just assume you know you boil the water and it's fine in a survival situation that's what you do yeah you'd boil the water and just uh, you know hope for the best well I've still got my life straw uh, you've got, <laughs> you, you got one of those <laughs> yeah just in case I, like I, I think I bought it I don't know when it, I, I, I don't know if I bought it the the first time I went to Colombia or the first time I came to Mexico, but I was like, yep, get one of those just in case. You never, <laughs> never know when you're going to be in the middle of nowhere. And, and like my first trip in Mexico, I, I came here to Guadalajara, to La Paz and Mexico City, all metropolitan areas. So I don't know why, why I thought I would need a live straw. But, uh, oh, there's but some still, water in, you know, doesn't hurt to have it. There's some water in Mexico City that I didn't even know I'd drink with, <laughs> with that straw. But it is, what does it look like? Is it? It, it looks like, like a cylinder, blue cylinder. Uh, it's, a, it's about 10, 12 centimeters long. And yeah, you just submerge one end in the water and drink away. Well, I can see that if, um, if there was no water, I can mm. see that as a good investment. Yeah. That, that'd increase in value pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe you might have to give a couple of those. Yeah, just in case. I should, no, I will get a couple of those. You can just imagine pe all people in uh, California, all people in Los Angeles head down to Venice Beach and they're all like <laughs> sucking up the ocean. <laughs> look, at those, look at those fools. <laughs> get in there. 
Daily hydration. They look thirsty. <laughs> I don't know, man. Water. Water. It seems so basic. You just don't think about it. Mm. But, um, I mean, going back to the idea of, of bugging out, it's like one of the most essential things we should be thinking about. Um, I don't think we got, we got an issue here with water. I mean, like you said, Lake Chapala is massive. Um, mm. It seems like we're, like even if, uh, even if the governments here in Mexico fell over, like that water's going to come through. People will find a tap. Like there'd be, <laughs> there'd be a mob looking for the, the pipe and just to open that up and just give water to everybody. Um, and I don't think water's that expensive here either. Like, no. the, the, like the water, the, the price of like tapped house water, it's, it's like next to nothing. I think in comparison yeah. to what you pay for water. You must pay like $20 a month here for our water bill. But Something like maybe $30. Looking, I mean, even when I was living in Sydney, I didn't drink the tap water. Mm. I think I'd probably feel safer drinking tap water here. Really? Well, no, actually, no. Actually, <laughs> actually talking, with, uh, talking with itself. Yeah. About the water in uh, Salto. La, El Salto. Yeah. And how they, so and El how they Salto messed up. El Salto is, is a town about an hour away from Guadalajara and it's kind of famous for how polluted it is. There's a lot of industry there. And, and uh, yeah, it's called El Salto, which means like the jump of the fall because um, there are a lot of waterfalls there, or one, one in particular. Um, but yeah, not full of nasty foam and stuff apparently i was shocked when she was explaining how bad how bad that place is mm. like how it's just got a smell of of toxic or just dead i don't i don't know mm. I, i'm interested in going to have a look though mm. i mean i'll go for a trip out there and, and check it out <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm just interested in how bad it really is mm. but then uh, yeah like i was saying i wouldn't drink the water in in sydney either mm. like sometimes it's just got that overpowering smell of of, of chemical or something or you can just see it as it goes into your cup it just bubbles up and it's got like that, that misty sort of the, the white cloud color wow and then uh, about 10 years ago they had that that scare for uh, Guardia or something that was uh, like people in Sydney just couldn't drink the water at all or they had to boil it for five solid minutes to make sure it was alright uh, some kind of bacteria well they, they say Sydney's over. like the worst spot to have a city because of the water shortage. Right. Like there's all these people in Sydney, in this, in this originally Botany Bay of Sydney, which is now the airport, and it's like uh, there's no water. And there's, there's always like, you know, there's always like, uh, well, I don't know, they, they even have like fines now if you're wasting water. Isn't that you can't wash oh, your like car on the street? Oh, okay. Yeah, watering uh, your lawn on the wrong day or whatever. Things like that, just to try and save water. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I mean, it's just uh, just one of those things, water. It's like basic 101. But, uh, <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. You know, the, when the CEO of Nestle came out and said water is not a right. Yeah, we mentioned it in the bug out episode. Right. Okay, yeah. Because I, I tend to agree water isn't a right. And, and this kind of demonstrates it because if, if it is a right, that means it more or less should be unlimited but it is a, it's a limited resource. You can't have a right to a limited resource. Uh, you can't have a right to make someone purify or filter water for you. That's, that's uh, at least by my definition of a right, like an exclusive claim, uh, that's impossible. That's not what a right is. When we first spoke about it, I was of the, the idea that of course, like everyone should have the right 
to well, every, have water. I, I agree, everyone should have access to water, but I don't think everyone has a right to water. Yeah, like, like the yeah. water in my cups, my water. <laughs> if you drink all your water and you're thirsty, well, you have to go get your own water. Yeah. You can't touch my water. Mm. But, um, I mean, in, in the case of having the right access to water, of course. Mm. But, um, but who's going to provide that service for free? Yeah, exactly. No, uh, nobody should be forced to, to work for free. That's called slavery. And didn't we get rid of that a while back? <laughs> uh, officially. Yeah, no, uh, that, that, that frustrates me, that, that topic. Mm. Because I think it's, it's just um, we're not looking after our, our human family the way we should be. And, and, you know, we joke about, hey, you know, I didn't, have to- I didn't have water to flush my toilet, but there's people that don't have water full stop and they have to mm-hmm. go a lot longer than a couple of days. So, I mean, I can't even, I can't even begin to imagine what that's, what that's like because just, the, just the, the, uh, the feeling that I was getting of, you know, I got to deal with not having water and, you know, I'm looking at my, it, it's stupid, but I'm looking at my 10 liters left in, you know, my, my fresh drinking water mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, once I drink that, then what happens? Like, you know, there's nothing open and I'm thinking long weekend, today's Saturday, like, is there anything even open? Mm. And then, then I've got Sunday to get through. You know, I try to drink at least two liters a day. I know that's a bit under what you normally drink, but, you know, it's a minimum. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have enough water to get through. Uh, and then, you know, of course, Joanna's brushing her teeth and splashing water around like, <laughs> like you know, I'm going to work, not my problem. It's, <laughs> it it's funny. Be. Because like I, I felt like Homer Simpson when he goes crazy. I was like, you know, I'm looking at my water. Like after that water, there's no more water left, and I may <laughs> never have water ever again. <laughs> no, it wasn't that extreme, but I could feel that kind of uh, desperation. Yeah, like just that little bit coming in. Like you know, I have to. I don't want to go for another bucket of water, mm. and even if I do, I need to boil it or something to drink it. Like you know, full. Like, I, I know water's going to come back. Like it was only. It was only a construction thing they were doing, mm. but that doesn't matter. Like, it's, I almost felt like people when they get trapped inside a inside a car, or you know, when they they face like claustrophobia, yeah, and they have this like this uh, anxiety, this you know, this energy build up in themselves when they're like, you know, I, I'm going to die. Mm. Like, I could feel a little bit of that, or at least have the empathy to understand people that that have that kind of desperation. Um, which is a little bit scary because I started my whole day off and then I'm waiting for the bus to come over here. It's like that everything was just weekend. It's like so slow. Mm. It's like not a good, not a good um, mindset to be in. Yeah, when you've got a city of like 4 million, 6 million, 8, 20 million, 40 million people and all of a sudden, you know, a certain percentage are going to be more subject to feeling these, to feeling this desperation, mm. then, uh, then you can have a lot of crazy people out there, you know, killing for water. Like you could have the zombie yeah. apocalypse pretty much over one long weekend. Like, you know, I'm a pretty stable guy, but I could, I could understand that. I could understand those feelings coming in. Yeah. As I was waiting for the bus. Yeah. Feeling thirsty. <laughs> the hot sun beating down on me. <laughs> well, and yeah, that's a problem too. I, th- I think this is more of a problem in places like Australia where there's no distribution system for water outside the government system because you have this one company, a public company, you know how good governments are at managing things. And if they shut down, then, you know, what are you going to do? Go to 7-Eleven and buy out the entire stock of, of uh, 
three hundred mil bottles. You'd is want it, to like <laughs> you, you is be that the, the plan? You want to be the first one there. Yeah. And if you're not, you want to know how to fight because you're gonna be you're gonna be taken out on the way home. <laughs> that guy's got fresh water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long do you think you'd last? Me personally, like without water, or what do you mean? Like well, no, fighting I, my way out, no, like I'm a gladiator. Putting, I'm just putting the rhetorical <laughs> question out. Like yeah. if you go a week without water, and although you know you could you could go a week without water, I think. No, I think well, uh, it's I guess it's possible, but physiologically, normally about forty eight hours is the Ooh. is the like the average that a person can survive without drinking water. See, most houses here in Mexico have their own their own storage of water, like whether it's a, like a, under their house or mm. whether it's on top of their house. Like yep. most people have their own, their own well type mm. system. Um, but, on, but yeah, in Australia, there's no, there's no system. I know where I grew up, yeah. there, there's like, uh, there's bore water and you, yep. know, you have a spear's point and, and uh, you know, you can, you can pull your own water. Although, although as kids, I know we used to drink it mm. <laughs> a little bit. It yeah, well, some, sometimes it's okay. It, you, like you have to get it tested, and sometimes it has like a lot of good minerals and stuff in it, apparently. But a lot of the time, you're not supposed to drink that. Well, it's naturally filtered. I mean, usually where we were living is all in the sand bed. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and even then, if you had to drink it, you'd pretty boil it, and you know, you'd you'd make it your 48 hours. Mm. Um, but it's just a concern knowing there's a that a lot of people would go crazy. For water, mm. like you, you'd you'd have to be you'd have to fight off these zombies <laughs> that were like water zombies, <laughs> just people that were dehydrated and, and I guess they'd be, they'd be weak. They wouldn't be hard to fight. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, he's he's you with your ten garrafons of water, uh, fully charged or already. <laughs> you'd be locking your doors and just hold out, just wait. <laughs> but I mean, you don't have a cycle in here. A, sorry, a cycle. Like a cycle of garrafon, like you don't have a spare, a spare water bottle? No, like we normally keep three at a time and that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, you know, that, you that's, have a backup. That, that's 60 liters of water. Yeah. And, it's and enough to last a, about a week, maybe, maybe yeah, five, five days, you know, it's a house full of seven people. And, and you guys aren't bugging out. That's just your normal day-to-day <laughs> system. Yeah. See, that's, that seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> I mean, in comparison to, you know, first world, just, just open the tap. Watch us again at the Paradise Paradox. Watch us on YouTube, like us on Facebook. Watch us on YouTube, like us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter and listen to us on iTunes or Pocket Casts. Welcome back. So here I've got a flashlight. No, it's not a flashlight. This is the, this is a life straw, and I just bought this at a at a camping goods store in Australia. It cost me thirty dollars. The brand is actually called Life Straw. Lifestraw.com.au, and this thing apparently it works by hmm, polyurethane resin microfiltration. I don't know what that means exactly. Some sort of plastic. That they um, that creates a resin and then uh, can clean out your water, uh, and it removes bacteria, cysts, and suspended particles from fresh water. So it makes apparently good enough to make just about any water drinkable. You know, even if it looks contaminated and dirty and stuff, and uh, it can filter up to a thousand or more than a thousand 
uh, litres of water. So you can take this down to your beach and start drinking the water straight out of the waves. I, I wonder if it would work like that, considering the high salt content of the water, yeah. um, if it would get clogged or not. Um, I'm not sure if it's intended to be used in salt water, but it, yeah, well, it would work to some extent. <laughs> I mean, let, let's face it, you, you're using this because you've got no water. So yeah. you'd, be, you'd be better off using this compared to... Drinking salt water. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> you definitely will be, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised you actually have one, and then I'm surprised that I don't have one. Like, it just seems like uh, something so basic that you'd, you'd want to have, yeah. considering you know, you're, at, you're at this, this level of thinking, like, you know, you know I'm, I'm going to need water. It's just so, it's so basic. People don't think about it. Like, think about the reason I bought it. I was concerned about <laughs> that. I, I don't know what I was thinking when I left Australia, like... Mexico is going to be this wasteland where, where Wait, you bought water this. is impossible to attain. Or so. I don't know what I was... I, I guess I was just thinking, you know, it never hurts to have one. Well, uh, I mean, before you came... This is before you came to Mexico at all. Yeah. Oh, of course. you got no idea what you're walking into. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the Australian education system does not tell you anything about Mexico. <laughs> yeah. You had no idea. And, and uh, I, I also know that you, you're prepared to go for this huge, big you know, Latin American tour. Yeah. Well, this was, I mean, this, I think I bought this before the first time I came to Mexico. So I, I was only coming for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, but I guess that's part of it too, because I, I, I suppose I must have factored that in and thought, well, you know, if I'm going to be traveling around Latin America in the future, it might come in handy. It and seems like a cool thing to have. Venezuela or something. Honduras. Well, I mean, we mentioned technology. In the Amazon, yeah. About like technology filtering water. If you can get that technology for 30 bucks mm. in, a, in a little straw, yeah. um, then, then, then what's, what's everyone talking about? Like running out of water, this water shortage. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing too, because uh, like I said, I don't know if it would, how well it would work in salt water. Uh, maybe if you drank salt water through it, it would still come through salty. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but that's, yeah, that's another thing. I don't know much about desalinization, but I think that's, uh, that's definitely something that's going to be explored over the next few years. Well, I know the, um, the ones that I know of or heard about are like in the Middle East. Mm. Like I know that they've set them up and there's, a, there's other... These other types of water filtration uh, systems that they actually try and, and use like the, the vegetation in the area mm. or around, around these facilities are actually, they're, they're noticing that the, the humidity that the, that the plant's given off is actually giving water to the vegetation around the area. Okay. And, uh, and they're, they're predicting that, you know, within, within 10 and 20 years, you're, you're going to have like just these lush, areas of green around these uh, these plants <laughs> so I, I don't know maybe maybe we can turn the desert green again yeah well that's i read a story about that uh not not about that case but it, it was kind of a it started out as a, a fictional story about a man who uh lives in in the desert and he started planting seeds and and uh some of them grew and over his lifetime he actually created a, a, a full forest. That, uh, and I thought, okay, well, that's just a... Uh, I, I think I've read it 
first represented as a, a true story and I thought, okay, that might be true, probably not true. I did some more research. Actually, there's been many cases of people doing this, creating entire forests. Uh, well, at, at least two or three cases, I should say, not not scores, but um, but you know enough to to show a proof of concept for sure. Um, like two two or three cases where these guys started planting things in the desert, and over fifty years, they they had a forest, a rainforest. Um, they they terraformed this whole area. It yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that hard to do. <laughs> if you have 50 years, yeah. I mean, um, well, 50 years is like... It's an investment. Uh, that, I mean, that, that's not a really long period of time. Mm. When you, I mean, when you consider there's a lot of countries that have huge desert areas. And, mm. you know, although some of it's tourist-based for the country, I mean, like Australia, mm. the whole middle is like desert. Mm. I, I'm sure that at some point there might have been like an internal sea or something like, you know, like they, they talk about, like mm. Lake Eyre and all that. Um, right, yeah. But... I mean, if they if they were able to terraform, like how much would it, how much would you have to invest into terraforming Australia to make the whole thing uh, like a, a big vegetable island um, for it to be worthwhile? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, it almost seems like it's going to be worthwhile regardless of the cost, but I guess there there must be some kind of limit. But you have to like, well, yeah. Imagine, I mean, this guy spent fifty years to do it say, uh, well, he's living in a, in a third world country. So he, you know, his equivalent salary would be like $10,000 a year. But in Australia, you know, you'd have to pay someone at least $30,000 a year to do that. So 30, you know, $30,000 times, times 50 years, uh, that's $1.5 million. Um, is that right? One, yeah, that's, uh, that's right. $1.5 million. I think um, you could do it for less, though, <laughs> because, I mean, from my basic knowledge of planting plants, yep. I've got like maybe, I'm going to say 15 pineapples at the front of my house now. <laughs> All right, With, so you're on, on your way to making a pineapple forest. See, well, what I, what I thought was, and people laughed at me originally, mm. as, as they do with crazy people, but I thought, if I'm going to buy a block of land in Mexico, mm. I might not have the, the capital to invest in building something straight away. So the least I can do is plant pineapples to mark out my block of land. Yeah. And at least then I know exactly where my block of land is. And, you know, I'm going to have these excess pineapples. Mm. Um, so I've started to cultivate pineapples. And I've got about 15 now. We're about 20 that are dry and ready to go in. I'm just going to, yep. I'm running out of pots. <laughs> but, but what you notice is the pineapple, like I've, I've got one, um, my mother-in-law has one. Mm -hmm. And the pineapple is probably as big as my fist right now. But underneath it, there's at least another five pineapples that I'm sure you can just snap off and they'll grow into pineapples as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even with seeds, once you knew how, like once you learn the system of the plants, yep. you can like multiply plants so quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I read a post on Tumblr the other day and it listed like 10 or 20 plants that basically grow themselves and you don't need seeds. Uh, like using the parts of parts of potatoes that have a lot of eyes on them, sweet potatoes and yeah, pineapples, of course. There's a whole bunch of... Celery. Yeah. yeah. You, cut, you cut it off, replant it, it grows again. Yep, yep. You know, or you buy, you buy spinach from the market and it comes with the roots still on there. It's, you know, ready to go. Yep. 
So you need, you need to get yourself a source of fresh water mm. and start planting like superfoods, sweet potatoes and celeries <laughs> and pineapples and whatever. But it um, makes me think about the guys in, in the US that are in those zones where they're, they're fracking. Mm. Um, fracking is the process where you're extracting oil from, uh, from I think like, you know, oily mud type, I don't know. It's not, it's not like he's so not your standard. Like out of shale, I think. Yeah. So like, like some sort of thin rock uh, that somehow traps gas in it. I'm not sure of the actual process, mm. but for what I've heard, they, they bore these big holes or tunnels down into, the, into this, like, this layer of, of rock mm. and they blast water with these types of, uh, let's say, unique chemicals that are there to separate the oil from the, from the rock or the mud or whatever. Um, unfortunately, the pressure that they, they do this, it, uh, you know, it causes all kinds of, of outcomes like, um, like earthquakes, it ruins the water table. Mm. Um, and these chemicals, once they're in, you know, they're not going to leave by themselves. Mm. So um, from the few cases that I've come across, I mean, of course, you know, you're not going to see this on your, on your mass media television set. But the, there was cases where towns actually had their water contaminated mm. and there was hours where people were, were drinking, consuming, cooking with or showering with, with, you know, with these waters that had you know, some kind of acid base, like toxic water. Mm. And the news just didn't get out to the people. I mean, there's people that were getting quite sick. And uh, irrespective of that, like their, their water is now screwed up for as long as it's going to be until someone's going to clean it. And then the same companies that are doing this have gone bankrupt. I mean, anyone notice the price of oil? So um, you've got these companies that are destroying the, the land, destroying the water. Right. People so, so you're saying the, the price, it's because the price of oil has gone down recently, uh, that means these companies um, who had a business model depending on the, the oil being a, the, uh, like $100 a barrel, they're no longer sustainable and now they've gone out of business. Yeah, so now they're out of business. Who's going to sue? Who are you going to sue to get your water fixed? Even, even if, let's say, it is fixable. Because, I mean, I don't know what... I don't know how far, how deep that is and what chemicals and, you know, you can't... It's, the damage is too extensive to, you know, just to go in and send in a mop and clean that up. It's like, it's, it's almost worse than, uh, than having, like, a, a oil spillage at sea. Because mm. at least that, at some level, is containable, even though... You know, that's debatable as well. But it's like when you're talking about subterranean water streams that are contaminated, I mean, we don't even know where that water comes from or goes to the full extent of the, the water. Yeah. So that's, that's just sad. That's sad for the, for the people that are trapped in those areas because, I mean, people can't just... The economic situation at the moment for most people isn't going to be at the level where you can just pick up and move away, especially if you've got family, children, the schools... You're part of the community, your job, your business, um, and, and you're left with what? You're left in a town that's um, that's going to be short on water. That's for sure. Don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit. They're kind of uh, a little bit sad. That's what it's yeah. really sad. I mean, it just kind of hit me with uh, with how how bad that that actually is. I didn't. Yeah. I, I don't think I realised how bad that was. Well, I, right have now. To, I have to wonder if there's a safer way to do fracking because it's it sounds like it for the meantime while the world is so dependent on uh, fossil fuels it sounds like it's, it might be necessary um, 
Well, that, that's just because we are dependent. I mean, there's technology that can that can free us from that as well. No, but, well, not not really. This is this is a thing because with oil, I mean, you think okay, oil, you know, it runs our cars. Now we have electric cars. Problem solved. But it's not that simple. No, not at all. Because <laughs> just about everything we use. Uh, comes from oil, like plastics and and all kinds of medicine uh, come from oil. Well, rubbers, yeah, paint, everything, everything with paint. Like if you talk just the car, yeah, it's like yeah, sure, we're going to put a different fuel in it. But I mean, you know, the dash, the wheel, the seats, you know, the the mm. foam, the 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 rubber wheels, the tires, mm. uh, and then the paints and the uh, all the all the compounds and resins that go into building that. Um, and then you know, and then you, you, know, you can think about like the electric system and yeah, and all that. We're just talking about a different level of um, of the process. Mm. Yeah, so that's a that's a thing. <laughs> that's a very complex problem. That's something to think about. Yeah. So something else was uh, something else you brought up was fluoridation, like in the tap water. Yeah, because I was, I was going to ask you, like, why don't you, um, I mean, of course you don't, but why wouldn't you drink the water here, out of the tap? It's like, you know, what, what is it in mind that you think about? Like, just the germs or, or no, what? No, it's not just the germs. I mean, the, the germs are one thing, but I figure, well, I have, you know, a reasonable immune system. So maybe if I started drinking the water, I might get sick for a little while and then I'd be okay. But my main concern would, wouldn't be that, but... Uh, the heavy metals, and uh, I haven't investigated to see how good the filters are. I mean, every every house has a, some kind of filter on it, but uh, I, I don't know if it would be good enough to remove heavy metals or not. So, you know, what if there's mercury or lead in there, it's tiny little particles and that's building up in your system? Uh, that could be a problem, but I really don't know. Yeah, that's kind of a trust with the like the, the regulatory system here in Mexico and just knowing that you can, I mean, industries are set up in Mexico, obviously uh, setting up in Mexico, knowing that they're going to maximize. I mean, that's business. They're going to maximize profits mm. as much as they can. And if they can, if they can put a $5 filter on rather than a $10 filter, they're going to do it. And if, uh, and if that means we're going to start consuming, you know, some percentage of heavy metals in our, in our water, in our cooking, um, then that's probably not something they're going to be concerned about. I mean, it's only, it's only Mexican people. <laughs> Who cares well, about those I don't guys? Know. I mean, that's in in some ways. Of course, the the market is uh, self-regulating because you, under common law, of course, you can uh, you can always sue someone for a tort uh, if they've provided you a service which has a reasonable expectation of quality and it hasn't lived up to that uh, expectation. Then um, they they may be liable. Um, of course, the the water company that provides the tap water is a public company. Uh, it's called it's called potable water, which it isn't. It's not drinkable water, <laughs> really. So, um, so you know, that's a, they've they've got problems there from from the very first step. <laughs> marketing. Yeah, you great can never marketing. trust those guys, can you? <laughs> They're always trying to sell you yeah. something. <laughs> but, but this is this is the thing because it's a government. Of course, they're going to have. Um, they're going to have some kind of exemption. So it's not like, I, I don't think I would be able to sue Agua Potable to say, oh, well, 
your water isn't actually drinkable like you claimed it was. I, I don't think I would have any hope at all if if I'd sustained some damages from that. Um, I, I don't think I'd have any. No, I, I didn't. I don't think yeah. you would either. But I don't think that'd be your first um, your first issue. Why is that? Uh, because I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I've watched too many narco um, movies. Yeah. Um, you know, you just see how the the government is so intertwined with with like uh, just drug-related gangs or, or mafia. Mm. And you just think it'd be easier just to, just to have this Kurt disappear. Mm. Like he just didn't turn up the court. I don't know what happened. It's like, yeah. I was there, I had my team, he, he didn't turn up, oh well. And the judge, yeah. of course, you know, he got his, his paycheck for the day, so boom, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and life moves on. I mean, the Mexican way of life is just so, uh, so survival. I, I, just, I just don't think people have time to sue people. Like, it's not something you really hear about in Mexico too much. No. No, I've never, I've never heard of anything like that. I guess it must happen. It's not like the United States where you see ads for lawyers on the television and they say, have you been injured by some uh, faulty medicine or, um, you know, did someone run over your leg or whatever they say? <laughs> I don't see those kind of ads here for I, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen any of those kind of ads. Other than, <laughs> no? other than okay. portrayed in movies. <laughs> like, you know, you kind of see them being ripped off by other... Yeah. Oh, I've seen examples of them, but... Do you go Do you go to bed at night and wake up in the morning? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's no, another it's, thing. It's probably a little um, bit of it. It's probably a little bit like the... Um, like the the medication commercials. Yeah, exactly, I mean, those yeah. are those those I have seen because they're just yeah. they're just funny. Yeah, because they, they rattle off all of those p- potential uh, problems that you couldn't have with the medicine. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But yeah, with the um, with he- here in Mexico, I don't drink the tap water. In Australia, yeah, I did. I mean, I did drink the tap water, even though I know it's got fluoride in it, and. I haven't seen any significant evidence to demonstrate that fluoride is actually good for you uh, in terms of their medical claims about preventing dental caries. Uh, If you look at a list of countries by the amount of dental caries per, I think it's normally per per 100,000 people per year, something like that, you can see countries like, let's see, um, Germany, the Netherlands, I believe Ireland, doesn't have fluoridation. Um, so a lot, a lot of these Western European countries don't have fluoridation and the level of dental caries is comparable to um, Australia or the United States or parts of Britain that are fluoridated. Um, I, I can't tell the difference. And uh, when people claim that it's, it actually prevents their dental caries, well, it's like, as far as I can tell, the evidence isn't there. And of course, it actually causes dental problems. It causes fluorosis, uh, like the whitening of the teeth and and um, the possibility that it makes them more brittle. Yeah, well, um, I did notice there was a, a move. There are movements in Australia to mm. to remove the fluorine the fluorination of, of water. Um, I know, in, like Northern Queensland, there's been a few local governments that actually yeah. had that turned back where they they removed that process yeah because they only introduced it recently about five five years ago i think they started fluorinating okay no well, that's that's pretty why um i mean my experience of not drinking the water in australia was only recent mm. like maybe in the last couple of years 
and and that was just from the information that that was coming through, just just on online and channels like uh, Infowars. Infowars with uh, Alex Jones. I mean, it's, it's hard not to fall down the the rabbit hole without coming across, you know, all the topics. I and mean, when you realise that they're all kind of connected, it's like, well, you know what? Maybe when you start asking the questions, you know, maybe uh, maybe I don't need to be drinking fluoride. <laughs> it's like it doesn't. Uh, you know, it seems like a lot of people got away with not drinking it before. I don't yeah, know why we yeah. need to start drinking it now. And I think it's nearly all of um, all of the EU have, have banned it. Like I think it's pretty common through Europe. It's like really? they, they don't they don't have fluoride. I think the majority of Europe don't have fluoride in their water. Um, but from uh, just touching on what Alex Jones was saying about actually fluoride being in the water, which is where I saw these units mm. originally, is that the fluoride that we're putting in the water isn't actually, um, it isn't actually like a, the, the fluoride that we're supposed to be putting in the water. And it's more like some kind of um, toxic waste that's produced through industry that has a similar, a similar molecular structure. Yeah, that's right. Well, so in, in the United States, the fluoride is normally uh, a, a byproduct or some would say a waste product of aluminium smelting. In Australia, it's normally a byproduct or waste product of fertilizer companies. So they make the fertilizer, and this just this uh, type of fluoride is is the runoff. Uh, in a lot of places in Australia, they put in fluoric acid. So it's not you don't actually drink the fluoric acid because as soon as it comes into water, it starts breaking down into other chemicals. And um, so who really knows what kind of chemicals you're drinking and it, it's also it's a totally weird thing because people say um oh well fluoride is great okay but which fluoride because mm. this is like like basic chemistry you know like if you have for example sodium chloride um very good for you healthy and <laughs> healthy in small amounts you know tastes great on a steak it's table salt but if you have sodium well, that's a completely different thing. If you you have a, a molecule of sodium, uh, put it into water, it's going to explode. Uh, if you have chlorine on its own, it's actually chlorine gas. It's highly poisonous. So you can't just say, oh, you know, chloride is good. Well, you know, you need to start making some kind of distinction here. You can't just chuck whatever fluoride you like in the water and say, that's cool. That's Dude, <laughs> how long have you known this stuff for? So where did you pull that from? And if you did know it, how could you, uh, I mean, I, I have to call home and, you know, daddy, you still, we, uh, my brother put a system in at the house to, yeah. to, to, fil to filter all that because all right. although, you know, sometimes you can't convince everybody that, you know, you can't be, you can't just trust the, the government's putting the right shit in the water. Mm. Um, or why are we even putting shit in the water in the first place? Just give us fresh water. Yeah. Um, you, you're not going to convince everybody. Mm. So uh, I know we just took the initiative and just started filtering all the water in the house. Oh, and I great. think most people have because not everyone's going to understand it or care about it enough because, you know, of course, the government looks after us. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, you know, I've, I've seen these organizations. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I, know, I know who works in these places. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I didn't trust them full stop. <laughs> like you know uh okay now i don't want to be attacking people but it's like um here we go it's not the most competitive industry 
Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's all I need to say. Yeah, you know, if you don't have the option, like if if McDonald's had some sort of monopoly on restaurants in, in your town, like do you think somehow they would, they have the incentive of providing the, the best quality food? If they know you can't go anywhere else. Why, you know, what are they going to do? Uh, are they going to make it as best as, you know, the best product they possibly can? Or maybe not the greatest. <laughs> yeah. No. Mm. They're going to give you the cheapest burger they can give you and give it at a competitive price. <laughs> yeah. With no competition. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't eat burgers anymore. <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changed. Turned over yeah. a new leaf. But, like, but just water in general, um, mm. it's such an interesting product. Like it's such an interesting thing. Because it's like, you know, you see it, it's uh, described as like the essence of life. Yeah. Um, in, in newer studies, it talks about having like water has got its own intelligence. It's got its own, uh, it's got its own memory. I mean, I'm going, mm. uh, I'm jumping towards like the studies by the, uh, the Japanese uh, scientist, um, the guy did the um. water. The water crystal studies. I don't know. I, if I say Matsumoto, his name, I'm just going to yeah, throw yeah. out a random exactly. Japanese name. It's Matsumoto or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it'll be in the, it'll be in the link because it's uh, it's an interesting study. But yeah, um, I mean, what what he's able to show is that the the water actually has some kind of interaction with with intention or um, mm. or, or consciousness or uh, some kind of water has its own awareness. Mm. And it, I mean, in in future studies of his work. It shows that water has some kind of uh, memory of its own of its own past, and that mm. uh, I mean, you know, this, this is going on philosophy with like, I'll save it, I'll save it, um, because I don't want to talk too much about, about water, but the fact that water is like the essence of life. We've been talking about water for an hour you now. Now you want to stop? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, because I'm thinking of Bruce Lee, and he's like, you know, be water. Be water he's like, friend. you know, I'm not sure if that's got anything to do with this. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure okay. if being water's got anything to do with you know, how clean the water well, is. We, we already are. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, um, like, let's say the human body's like, you know, the high percentage, so maybe seventy yeah. percent water. Um, I, I think it's lower than that, or is it? Seventy percent water. Seventy. 20% yeah. carbon and then 10% miscellaneous? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably pull that from 10% movie. pure magic. Magic. Well, yeah. And I mentioned that in a, in a previous episode, I mentioned how um, Luc Montagne, pre previous um, Nobel Prize laureate, was doing some experiments which seemed to indicate that water does have a, a kind of memory in the, in the form of the the signature it was some kind of radio wave that that was emitted from from the water after um after it was um exposed to to water that had dna in it um you could still detect the signature of the dna in this water that didn't have any dna in it um which indicates that there's um some kind of truth to the to the fact that water has memory yeah yeah and yeah, I, I, think, I can't explain any, any better than that. But I mean, there's there's obviously room for investigation. Yeah, and there there isn't there isn't as much um, knowledge about water, other than the fact that you know it is it is like you know the purest the purest form of of life. And of course, you know, for life you need water. Everything's dependent upon it. So oh, no, that's we know. Who knows what they do on Venus? 
Anyway, uh, the other thing. <laughs> No, I mean, you're that right. That shut you up. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it did because my brain is going, hmm? <laughs> Venus? Yeah. Imagine <laughs> some kind of gaseous uh, hydrogen-based life forms. Anyway, um, I was going to bring up this neti pot because an, a neti pot is um, it's a device. Uh, yogis have used it for years to clean out their nostrils. Uh, so they, um, they, get the, they get this pot. It looks like a teapot. Fill it, fill it through full of water and apply it to the nostril. Um, and so the water comes into one nostril and it, and it goes out the other. It's good for congestion, apparently. It's also good for um, allergies. Uh, helps prevent explosive allergic reactions. Uh, the thing is, in the United States, there's been a few cases recently of people using a neti pot with tap water and... Unfortunately, they, uh, they've contracted a brain-eating amoeba. So this kind of sm this small organism gets into their brain and starts e eating away. And, you know, it's a, kind of the start of many medical problems. Um, so the, the thing is, if you're going to use a neti pot, use distilled water. Yeah, I was, I was fascinated with why you would even want to do that. But... Um, last thing you'd expect would be that an algae grows in your behind your nose and moves into your brain and starts eating you inside out. <laughs> but yogis, yeah. yogis do this. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a yoga exercise. Like the first time I read about it was in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. Not, I don't think it mentions a neti pot, but it mentions doing this to to clean out your nostrils every day. Um, actually, the the other exercise, which is even weirder. It mentions getting a piece of cloth and snorting it up your nose so you can pull it out your mouth and then you're like polishing your nostril a from little, the inside. Yeah, no, uh, nostril polish. Yeah, good old nostril polish. Good, <laughs> good for the whole family. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's me done. Drink clean water. Yeah. Good. Yeah. To drink clean water, stay safe, go for a swim. Buy a life straw. Why not? Get a, get a life straw. I, I'm <laughs> Just gonna, in case. I'm you never one. know when it might come in handy. All right. My name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. Uh, look us up on Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble. At Battle AZ. And press like, press subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on iTunes and Pocket Casts, and leave us a comment if you've got something cool to say about water or you funky kids uh, having your water raves and stuff like that. You can tell us about that. And have a good one. It's the time of year. Peace. Peace. Press like on YouTube. Press like on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleEasy and Trouble Bubble. And show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com.